This is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down on us and flexing. It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole city. First and foremost, I'm not, I'm not excited to hear uh, how happy this voicemail is right now. Uh, did you not just watch the fucking game? This is out of hand, okay? I'm driving in my Ford Focus ST right now, driving to the clear, like to the nearest cliff to drive off because I don't understand how Bill O'Brien, B.O.B., is going to punt the ball on fourth and two when you've seen the opposing team convert fourth times on fourth down. This is just out of hand, okay? His play calling was abysmal all game, all right? Outside of that, Deshaun Watson is the reason why we even had a chance, but yet here we are losing the fucking game because Bill O'Brien don't know how to call a goddamn game. I mean, honestly, just think about it like this real quick. If you know that that team is carving you up for 471 yards, 200 and something in the first half, why would you not go for it on fourth and two in field of territory? Think about that. Just think about that real quick. And then when you punt it on the next play, you give up an 85-yard touchdown. Now, why would you give up an 85-yard touchdown? Because your fucking secondary is goddamn hurt everywhere. I don't even know who the fuck Burton is, okay? But he was burned. Matthew was burned. Everybody was burned. And I'm so goddamn tired of Bill O'Brien being okay with running the ball when you know that you don't have a fucking running back that can. It's out of hand. I'm tired of this shit. Uh, I'm looking forward to the podcast, though. I really like you guys. You guys um, you guys do a really good job. I would think that you guys are actually pros, uh, potentially went to a journalist school because uh, you guys do a lot better than that other podcast. Um, the inside is great. I'm sure uh, young Ari Gold is probably extremely happy right now. Um, you know, he saw that. He saw that coming. He saw that coming. He knew B.O.B. was not going to be a big-time game caller. I mean, what what would make you think that that was? I mean, honestly, just if you think about it out loud, say, why would Bill O'Brien be a big-time play caller? He wasn't. He wasn't at all. And I'm sure he'll watch the tape and he'll check his emotions because that's what he does. I'm sure he's really, really, really happy right now driving around. Um, but if you think about why we lost this game, I only point to one person, and that's Bloodshed. All right? Um, hopefully you guys do a podcast. I know it's Christmas time, so maybe you won't be. Um, maybe you'll spend time with family or something like that, but whatever. Release it whenever you guys want. What you guys do with the other podcast. Goddamn, I just got the John Weeks interview yesterday. I thought that shit was recorded about three weeks ago, but who am I? I'm just a listener. Alright, well, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and, uh, All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold, and I am with my friends and co-hosts, uh, Garnet Texan John Wade and Brad Grew. And what you listened to on the way into the podcast intro was a very, very angry West Texas uh, Texans fan sound like. I mean, he, 
he sounded really upset. The poor guy was about to drive his Ford Focus over a cliff. I mean, I know a Ford Focus is only like a $16,000 car, but he has an ST, so it was like a $27,000 car. So pretty ballsy. I don't know. I mean, he sounded pretty upset, guys. Yeah, John LaMobile, you know, it gets better. It gets better. Yeah. So if you guys ever want to call and give us your fuming hot takes after a game and you're just so emotional once we lose to the Jaguars on Sunday, uh, give us a call at 281-845-9675. And I'm just kidding. We're not going to lose to the Jaguars. If we do, though, uh, I'm sure that guy will show up again. If we lose to the Jaguars, we may be posting a different phone number next week. Yeah, I, I can't give out Bill's number like that. That's not fair, John. <laughs> like, no, no, I'm talking about the uh, suicide oh. prevention one. <laughs> That's <laughs> being a retreat. What is that time of year? Uh, other than that, how was your guys' Christmas? All that good stuff. Dude, I was in North Dakota. I, I just yeah. want to skip this. Okay. And Brad, how was your Christmas? We didn't get to hear anything about your Christmas. Yeah. So my family uh, did our Christmas actually on Sunday, just after the game. And so I got to my sister's house early with my brother and nephews, and we were. We were uh, a little a little let down at the end there, um, right before we had lunch at three o'clock. But uh, you know, overall, good good holiday. Got got a lot of relaxing in. Um, Today's my birthday, guys. Just drop that out there before anybody else does. Happy uh, so, birthday, Mr. Guru! Birthday podcast. Here we go. Yeah, and uh, Brad's actually podcasting naked in his rocket chair right now, just uh, looking at us through video chat. It's actually quite awesome. So he is technically wearing his birthday suit. It's hey, I've. I've got powder on. We're good. I'm not completely naked. Got my gold on. Okay. Great. Great. All right. So where do we want to go with this first? Because there's a lot. There's a lot to get to. Um, John, where do we start? Yeah, I I think I'll leave it up to you guys because I think we're in two different places. So I'll leave it up to you guys. Sure. No, I think you and John are actually on the same page. Um, I think I'm on a different page. So we'll we'll go with John and, and see what John thinks. Um, this is actually kind of one of those losses that we needed to have. Oh um, God, what? I I think so. It's one of. The, I think our defense we just had one two weeks prior. I know our defense is trying to lose us games. Trying, yeah, they're trying to lose us games, but they're trying. They're but they're trying to press too hard. We can't play zone anymore. That's what was our calling card for most of the year. You take care of the inaccurate quarterbacks by playing solid zone. We don't have the athletes to keep up with anybody in man, so you use man sparingly. All of a sudden, we can't even our our defensive backs aren't in their right zone ever. Like Pat, Pat star pointed it out for the past two weeks on his podcast. looks like jagged teeth and he's not lying. If you take a comparison from the past couple of weeks, ever since the Baker Mayfield, which I think kind of got into their heads a little bit. I think they've been trying to play a little bit more aggressive and it's just, it's gotten worse. And at this point, maybe it's the wake up call our defense needs and maybe we'll get, we'll get a little bit more into that. And then on the offensive side, it's one of those where we can just kind of get reminded of what Deshaun can do. Maybe it'll remind Bill to take his foot off the brake a little bit earlier, maybe. But, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I think that it's a loss that, while painful, um, it was it was kind of a fun game to watch, especially at the end until, you know, we got kicked in the nuts. And then I think it kind of just gets everybody refocused going into the playoffs because we need it. Okay, so let's do this. Let's let's start with one. The, the last five minutes of every fourth quarter playbook that seems to just magically appear out of nowhere when necessary. Anybody have an idea? Like, does like he keep it locked in the, like, booth? up top and then like has to call a timeout once he puts in the headset hey guys pull it out it's kind of they just 
kind of abandoned protecting Deshaun. So for the majority of the game, especially when we're wanting to throw, you know, everything we have, every pillow that we have, every book, you know, shoot the television screen, they're playing a lot of max protect. So for the most part, there's only two receivers out there and then you'll get your third off a chip block. So that's why their their routes are so long to develop is that you've got max protect. You just don't have a lot of guys running routes without trying to block first. Then towards the end of the game, when we need to go into hurry up, we kind of go into fuck it. And sorry, I I know we're supposed to cut down on the cursing, but that's essentially what our offense turns into. Hey, Deshaun, you're kind of on your own. Dodge these guys and survive for the next 10, 15 minutes and hopefully not get killed. That's also when he produces the most. Yeah, I mean, Brad, like where was that last five minutes of play calling at from your boy the other, you know, 60 minutes? You know, we've we've talked about it quite in depth, like what Bob's trying to do with Deshaun Watson. He's trying to turn him into a prolific passer and a long-term success within the league and let's be honest the last five minutes of that game if Deshaun Watson plays like that every single game he's not gonna have a very long career he's just not like he was getting hammered they weren't worried about the run and so I really do think this all just revolves around the run whenever the offense has a decent running game the team has looked great whenever they don't have a decent running game it's an ugly ugly win and unfortunately we've had Miller you know the last couple without game with last three games like Miller just hasn't been in the game or effective at all um and that's just a result of that and I don't think again I don't think he wants to abandon that until all hope is lost I don't you don't necessarily have to agree with it but I think it's pretty clear that that's what he's doing he wants to protect Deshaun Watson and he I think mainly he wants to keep Deshaun from making mistakes and that's with his body and with his arm and so that's turning the ball over and taking hits he doesn't need Um, and it's great to watch Deshaun there at the end of the game it's amazing it's fantastic to know that he's our guy and that's why I wasn't upset about this game because it just confirmed everything hopefully everybody already knew Deshaun is the man he's just a purebred winner we always have a chance when he has the ball unfortunately defense didn't do their job this time but I I'm truly not worried when we're down by a score or two with him and if you guys are in our discord channel you would have seen the train wreck that some of the conversations were a lot of it in good fun but uh I'm just not worried and it's as a Texas fan, it's a relief to finally get to that point. But obviously, like you said, you want to see that offense more often. But is that really going to happen without a running game? And I don't think that's going to happen without a running game. I just don't. But when yeah, you I don't mean, have a run game, when you don't have a run game for three and a half quarters, when you don't have a run game for two quarters, what makes you think that in the last five minutes when you're down 14, hey, maybe now it's time to switch it up? I think that's my true frustration is we put Deshaun in a situation where, hey, we think you can get us out of this, so go ahead and do it instead of, hey, let's go ahead and take this now and build on it instead of letting it get to be get to the point to where it was, which is that that's that's my frustration. You're not wrong, but it just goes back to they're using the running game not to run the ball. They're using the running game to protect Deshaun. It's they're not really looking to move the ball. They're looking there to keep pass pass rush on us. They're, our our tackles are getting worse. And then this game, our our guards couldn't even get a push. Like our offensive line is beat up. It's tired, and it's got a lot of work to do to begin with. And they're using the running game essentially just you know to jumpstart the offensive line it's not actually to get production that's why when they asked Deshaun to turn it on he can't but at the same time it's like 
look at those guys he was dodging. If you expect Deshaun to play the entire game like that, yeah, he may be able to do it for a game or two. He's not going to be able to do it for for eight games. He's not going to be able to do it for 16 games. We already saw that. Our team is only going to go as far as Deshaun can take us. And right now, a lot of the game planning, a lot of the routes that are run, a lot of the plays that are called are entirely there to protect Deshaun. And so he is around to get us out of these messes. Now, unfortunately, sometimes we let the hole get a little bit too deep before he takes takes the leash off. And then sometimes with that, it also you can see it even with Deshaun himself, he tries to do too much when he gets put into that position. But this is what he's capable of. And the growth that Deshaun has had over the over the past year and a half, like, dude, I don't really know a better way to do it when our offensive talent is actually pretty piss poor. You have phenomenal talent in Hopkins. And you have a whole bunch of rookies that have a lot of promise. But where's our second and third year players that are any good? They're either hurt or they just don't exist. Hmm. Yeah, I guess well, I, I totally understand. And I, I, I know that that's what they're doing. But at the end of the day, like this was one of those games where we could have almost guaranteed the two seed. Which means at that point, unless you play the one seed, everything goes through NRG. And I think given the talent in the AFC and who we would go through, I thought this was one of those games where if you have to unleash him early, which is pretty much what it is, right? I mean, that's pretty much what we should call it. That's, I mean, he unleashes Deshaun. And I mean, it's arguable that we unleashed him two minutes too early. Well, that's a, that's a whole nother story. We can get to that. That's that's a different conversation completely. But um, with this game and what we had on the line, like it didn't make much sense for us to dig our or let ourselves get into a hole that we were in. And given the fact that their secondary is absolutely awful, would it really be a bad game plan to get Deshaun going early? Rather yeah, than their, late, their secondary is awful, but their pass rush was pretty good. No, it is. I, but uh, this is also if uh, did you guys watch all twenty two? I have not. I've been on airplanes. Brad, no, I have not yet. Okay, this was probably, and this is going to sound crazy. Uh, this is probably the best pass brought blocking or protection we've had all year long from this offensive line. Just so everybody, yeah, I don't. Just so everybody understands this this game, like we can all say how bad the offensive line has been, and we can just say like week one through fifteen, they're abysmal, which is fine. They they weren't great, but this last week was definitely their best pass protect. Like they they were very very good. That line's gonna get pressure no matter what. So I get what you're saying, John. Yeah, with this with that defensive line, it's gonna be very hard to get going early, but. At the end of the day, we don't know. Hindsight's 50-50, right? We, looking back at it now, that obviously would have worked. We don't know how it would have shooken out the first, you know, when during the game in live time. But um, I just, I think that with what we had to play for, this would have been an opportunity for us to take that chance. Yeah, and you also got to remember, we had a lead going into halftime. No, I know. So we fell apart in the third quarter. So that may have been... Where he was trying, or I the mean, we're protecting we don't really, the lead thing. Yeah, uh, but no, twenty-seven and two now. Yeah, we even talked about how we hated that stat that they were going to say it, and we had a bad, and it wasn't giving us any comfort with this game. But 
I'm not trying to defend O'Brien. I'm trying to manage my anger over it to tell you that to be more exact about because it's easy right now when we're over here to say should have, would have, could have. It's easy to Monday morning quarterback. It always is. And I'm just as frustrated as you. It's like when you t- see that the Sean had it and he was continuing to light him up when he went from what was it? Six pass attempts per quarter to like 21 pass attempts in the fourth. Like maybe it should have gotten ramped up as soon as we fell behind. Uh, and just maybe we should have tried to build a lead on a team like the, uh, the Eagles when we saw during the first half that something was wrong with our past defense. Like, again, I'm not disagreeing with you being angry. I'm just trying to kind of mitigate my anger and try and see where the coaching staff was coming from. Well, and you have to think that the, the Eagles did something right as well. I think their first drive of the third quarter was nearly eight minutes long. Um, they it, was really, a, it was eight minutes and 22 seconds long. Yeah, they really managed the, the second half as far as time goes really well. And you get a couple of quick three and outs or quick, quick you know punts from the, the Texans and the game just flipped on a dime. And so I don't think they really had a whole lot of time to adjust, throw in the injuries uh, that we saw across the board. Um, and I... I think Bob is just going to play like Bob thinks he wants to play. And I think the fact that there wasn't, there was, there were things to gain from this game, obviously clinching the two seed and, and getting home field advantage is important, but having Deshaun Watson for the entire playoffs is far more important, I think, than getting home field advantage, you know, and he, I don't think he's just going to risk it. We didn't have a run game. And I think the only real reason that, they even stood a chance was the, you know, the run game from Deshaun himself. They rolled him out of the pocket a couple of times. Um, they got, they got him in motion or they got uh, motion around him, which bought him a little bit of time, but they failed to do the things that we thought they should have been able to do. And that was get the tight ends involved, um, you know, to open that up a little bit, get the slot receivers involved, whoever was going to play that role. Um, I think there was a lot of things wrong with the offense up until, you know, we just unleashed it. And I think that's, we, and we discussed this in the discord and people were like, that's not Bob, that's Deshaun. That's Deshaun is making those plays in the fourth quarter, the last five minutes. He is Bob's putting the concepts in and saying, this is what you got. And then, you know, practice it and things like that. But that's just Deshaun being Deshaun. And again, while he can do that, I don't want him doing that for four quarters just because I want to, I want to see him go in the hall of fame as a Texan. And that's just not going to happen if we can't get him uh, the protection he needs in the run game he needs. And right now he needs a run game to, to help with that. And it's, Without a run game, I, I'm just I can't I can't blame this offense how it's built right now for this year without having a run game to expect it. And for one thing, we never I think we all agreed that this was a loss going in, and so I just looked at this game completely different than most fans and saying, "Wow, we nearly pulled off. We re- nearly pulled it off." And Deshaun's the man. <laughs> I heard an interview with uh, Nick Schofield, who's a um, he he breaks down quarterbacks for inside the pylon, uh, Bleacher Report. And the score. And he was making a comment about how he doesn't think that Bill O'Brien gets enough credit for being able to mask his players' weaknesses. Now, when I heard that, and he talked about how O'Brien is great at putting together concepts where they stack the routes. So one of the things that we had always talked about with Deshaun Watson is he has better runner's vision than passer's vision, where he's better at seeing half the field than the entire field. And Schofield was giving O'Brien credit because he's you can see... Uh, Watson's 
vision widening and up. He's seen more and more of the field. But he said part of the reason he's doing that is because of how O'Brien's been able to stack the routes. So there's always multiple routes if Deshaun is, you know, locked onto his first receiver. The second receiver and the third receiver are just different level. There's one that's short. There's one that's intermediate. And they're all in his range of vision. And that's how he's been kind of improving it. And you can see it throughout the through the year. However, all that comes back to me saying one of the things that I think O'Brien ha- – I do agree with him. O'Brien has been good about masking our weaknesses. But has he really been really the best at playing towards our players' strengths when we need it? And that, I would think, is a fair argument right now. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's an extremely fair argument, and that goes beyond the offense. I, I think there's some things being done on the defense that are very um, concerning as well. But we'll get to that. Let me ask you guys both this: fourth and two, or fourth and yeah, fourth and two on the fifty down. John, would you go for it? If we were able to run the ball, I would definitely go for it. And I wanted to go for it. I really wanted to go for it. But, but given the success that you had, had on the ground, that game. I want to say that I would, but at the same time, knowing my own expectations, that if I was calling the plays, I can't say with 100% certainty that I wouldn't. Are we allowed to curse? Are, are we not cursing? Yeah, we're allowed to curse. We just okay. have to bleep them. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. If I was calling the plays, I'm not sure I wouldn't puss out and go for, for the conservative route. And especially when that plays to more of the defensive philosophy has always been let the other team make the mistake. I understand it. I can't say, but I really wanted to go for it. I really wanted to go for right, it. What about you? You know, the fact that we didn't have a run game, I probably, I probably would have opted not to go for it. Um, and I still, up until that point, I didn't think our defense was doing as terrible as it ended up doing in the end. Whenever the defense has bailed you out so many times this season, you just expect them to be there. And this this was just their worst game of the season. And it showed up at the worst time. Yeah, I think that that's, for me, is the reason why I would have gone for it. I mean, you're, you're literally watching Nick Foles just turn Zach Ertz into Tony Gonzalez right in front of your eyes. And basically, he's shredding your, your defense the entire game. I think he went into the half with like 220-something yards passing. It's like, okay... If this guy's going to continue to have success, at that point, they were two for two on fourth down. It's like you're down. Like if there's a time to go for it now, now would be the time because your defense is beat up and tired. They're they're on the field a lot. And they're hurt. Like at some point, this offense has to win us games. And outside of the Cowboys game, I can't say that this offense has won us games this year. The uh, first Colts game, they definitely won that. First Colts game. And Try then the Dolphins game. Try to think about that. So so two, three games out of the season where we're leaving week 16, the offense has, has won us games. And I it's mean, like, it's, it's, it's been... like, come on, like, you know, the Bills game, like all, all these other games, the defense has really been the biggest part of the game. And when you're at the point where you're playing for a two seed in a very, very hostile environment, I don't know. Like this league is trending towards the aggressiveness is, is going to win you games. And I just would have liked to have seen it the fourth and five. I still would have gone for it. I can't say that he should have gone for it. Right. No, And I mean, I get it. And if you know how I normally talk, that's what I want to see out of the coach. I want to see him make the decisions that we wouldn't. Um, I think that's part of the reason why the Eagles were able to do what they did against us is because 
um, Peterson was that aggressive. That's what broke our defense. Our defense relies on the other team making mistakes, and they're just like, well, we're going to keep going again. We're going to continue to chip at it. It's like, you're going to give us two or three yards at a time. We're going to take them, and we're just going to continue to take them. And eventually that kind of broke our defense. And I think that as much shit as everybody gives Frank Reich for um, for the Colts play, or for the, for the overtime against the Colts, that is what actually jump-started that team. Ever since then, they've been they've been rolling and it was that call it may not have worked out that game but it fires up the team it fires up the belief in them yeah no i i get it i just i don't think this was like the biggest game of bill o'brien's career or whatever narrative the local media is putting out there and and you know the reason why that narrative's there is because this team's never had the opportunity to play for a two seed so you know whatever like i would say playoff games are much more impactful than uh most regular season games so um i it was just it was it was very frustrating just given the fact that we our defense was not good like I, like let okay can we get into the defense right now or are there other john or brad is there other places you guys wanted to go i mean i don't really know what we're going to say about the offense like the offense yeah. was abysmal the run game was trash deshaun watson's the only reason we were in this game you know deandre is amazing outside jordan akins made some pretty clutch plays but like outside of that, Thomas? Uh, he he actually he got out snapped by uh, by Aikens and Griffin. Yeah, I was wondering if he got did he get hurt or something? No, yeah, I mean he only had one target, so yeah. I'm not sure what was up. Um, so yeah, I mean outside of that, like the offense was was just abysmal. Like the the interior of the offensive line was in a, unable to get anything going on the ground. Outside of that, like uh, we all all three of us did not expect anything out of Deontay coming into this game. The only reason he probably played was because Lamar Miller was hurt and they refused to give touches to Buddy Howe for some reason. So. I mean, the offense was just not good until the last five minutes when we saw exactly what this offense can do, and it was extremely frustrating. I hope. Well, we live in we live in Texas, so we need to touch a little bit on Deontay Foreman, especially with some of the expectations that you saw on Twitter and even on our own Discord. First and foremost, for it's Foreman, so annoying. It's so annoying, John, to see these people expect this kid to come in here after tearing an Achilles and 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 just be back to what he was. No, it's going to take a little bit of time. This was his preseason game. No matter what, I would imagine that he was going to get. Five to ten, uh, five to ten touches, just because they wanted to get him some touches. Because it would be nice to get him going in in the playoffs. Um, and then I think he ended up getting a little bit more because as much as we um we talked down on Blue, he is he is one tough. He's one tough tough sob, and he got lit up pretty good. So I think that's why Foreman got a few more touches. And again, I have no idea why they don't give Howell any touches because you would think at that point, especially with Foreman showing some of his uh his bad habits from last preseason that they would have given, you know, somebody else the ball and while they coach up Foreman, but slippery hands and trying to bounce everything to the outside instead of trying to go through the middle. And I hate somebody needs to inform him. It's like, dude, you're never going to be an outside runner again. It's just the nature of that in- injury. Well, let's, let's uh, I wouldn't say again. Well, I mean, let's be let's be honest. Like, he's just not going to be a runner for the next eight. It's a two year thing. Like it's a he, two-year he's the, he was in there for his receptions and let's, let's give him praise. He did get his first career touchdown. Um, and it was, it, he did get two receptions and, uh, but his, his first career touchdown, that was his first career touchdown from what, oh, they, wow. what I, what it was I his first sports Sunday first career receiving touchdown. Okay. He did okay. that. When he tore his ACL, he had a, uh, a rushing. Uh, that's touchdown. right. That was a rushing touchdown. Yeah. It was but, a rushing touchdown. But that's where he, I think he's going to add the most to this team is in the receiving game. Um, even even Blue has been getting involved. Like uh, he has his most receptions of his career this season. So um, I think they're going to have to continue to rely on that short passing game, whether it's getting the tight ends involved, whether it's getting the running backs involved to help 
get the ball out of Deshaun's hands really quickly just to, because if the rushing game's not going to be there without Miller, we really don't have a rushing game. Let's be honest. There's just no, uh, and, Desha- and Deshaun, you know, Deshaun led the team in rushing with 49 yards uh, and two touchdowns. So uh, this offense is just built to be balanced. And whenever it's not balanced, I'm kind of with you. I think at this point, if it's not going to be balanced, let's just freaking gunsling it. And if he has turnovers, we'll see if we can survive that and just outscore him. Because at yeah. this point, we can we really trust the defense now going down the stretch? No. If Nick Foles can drop nearly 500 on you, like, can we really trust the defense? Like, no. Yeah. No. no. I think Deontay could be a number two back going forward until we see a little bit more. But uh, outside of that, like, and, and to be clear, you know, if Lamar Miller was even healthy this, this game, it wouldn't have mattered. Like maybe that outside run that Deontay had would have been a little bit different, but there was a missing, a missed block uh, block on that side. So it honestly, it just, the, it was a very poor game. It was a very poor game on the ground. And uh, I, it was nice to see Deontay back on the field. It was nice to see him get his, t- you know, receiving touchdown, but, Outside of that, like this run game was just awful. And you're right, Brad, like in the playoffs, like how do you how do you waste offensive plays on a run game that's not going to produce? It just doesn't. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I I hope the first play of whatever, whoever it is that we play looks like it's going to be the Colts would be uh, a play action deep bomb to Vincent Smith or DeAndre Hopkins because I promise you 98% of the defenses that are watching tape on the Texans would bite on that immediately because we run the ball on first down so often. So you're right. We had to talk about Deontay a little bit, John. Um, what about Demarius? You know, just yeah, I mean, it sucks. I hate it. You know, you guys all know I was really excited about what he brought. Um, so Vincent Smith, I guess, is the next man up. Yeah, Vincent Smith is next man up. We still got one roster spot that needs to be filled and I think some people are assuming it's going to be a wide receiver. I think it'll be a corner, but um, that also only leaves us with five wide receivers. That means that Kiki would have to be healthy for there to be five. So it, everybody's probably right. It'll be a it'll be a wide receiver, but I don't know who. Um, I feel bad for Demarius Thomas. It sucks. The fact that they haven't signed anybody yet, and it's what nine thirty on Wednesday. On Wednesday, I, I don't. I honestly don't know what that means. It means it's probably not somebody that's been through our system before, unless it's somebody like Chatri who maybe didn't leave on the best of terms. But well, we know yeah. they're going to someone from someone's pra- from someone's practice squad, right? Because if they do, then that person has to be on the squad for three games, and you're going to bring in someone that hasn't been involved with the team at all and say, "All right, you're going to be in for two playoff games." I don't see assigning anyone off of anybody's practice squad for that reason alone. And we have two wide receivers on the practice squad right now, so um, I mean, I'd love to see Whitney get uh, Isaac Whitney. I think that's his name. I'd love to see him get some reps. He's he's another burner. But um, yeah, just I mean, you, you talk about when you talk about durability and reliability, like Demarius Thomas has always kind of been that guy. And then he comes here and tears his, his Achilles like, well, I mean, just contact and play too. Yeah, it just sucks to sucks to see. Very hard to watch. I, I think he'll be a great mentor on the sidelines, though. I think that's just the kind of guy he is. And I, I mean, what's with both Emmanuel San- Sanders and Demarius Thomas tearing their Achilles this year? Oh, that's true. I forgot about Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, that's uh, bad luck, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. it's just it's shitty to shitty to see something like that just because you just don't want that. But yeah, I mean, he'll be a good mentor on the sideline, and then next year he'll be cut. Like there's there's John, you're 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 right now. Like there's no way he's on the team now. Yeah, I think we're this. We've seen the last snaps from him, um, unless he just walks on in two years. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, last snaps from him. Can we call I, Andre Johnson? I, <laughs> At this point, 
I mean, seriously, I, like, like, who are you going to bring in that's going to be better? Joe Webb is not going to be better than. I mean, you need a possession guy, Johnson. Yeah, yeah, you need a possession guy, right? Like, tell me, there's not a better possession receiver out there right now. Yeah, it's slim pickings for sure. Just there's so many wide receiver injuries this year; it's just unreal. It's insane. It's insane. All right, let's get to this defense because this is this. I feel like this will be where most of our time is spent. Um, first and foremost, the clowny. Uh, penalty in the fourth quarter on the final drive. Bullshit call, right call, or bullshit rule? Right Brad? call, right call, bullshit rule. John? I would say it's a bullshit call because they hadn't been calling it. That's my issue, right? Like, think about it like this. Like, Nick Foles is very tall. So had he had not gotten lower, he would have hit him in the head. Had he had ducked down, he would have... I mean, yeah, he technically could have, I guess, moved his his head and hit him with his shoulder into his ribs. Not that that is less painful for a quarterback if we're being, I mean, I get the helmet is harder, but it's still going to hurt. Like, I don't know, dude, that, I mean, the only reason that, that it got called a penalty is because Clowney straight up. Annihilated destroyed him. Him. I yeah, mean, yeah. If Nick Foles bounces right back up, it's not a penalty. Yeah. I, I just hate that. It was Clowney of all people because Clowney was the only person that showed up on Sunday. Just, just let's just be like honest here. Yeah, on the defense side of the ball, Clowney was literally the only guy that showed up and, and was a game changer. Where the fuck was JJ Watt? You're gonna tell me that you're back and and you're you're one one tackle all game kept you in check. There's no way that we can go through all season criticizing Clowney and Whitney and just let JJ slide off of this game. JJ was, I mean, you literally could have put him on a, on a milk carton and for the missing persons because. I know he had like a tackle for loss and, you know, maybe that bullshit call that should probably shouldn't have been called on him either. But I mean, outside of that, JJ was just truly missing this entire game. And the tape yeah. even tells you part of me wants to, or it's not part of me. I am actually going to rewatch the, uh, the all 22 here, hopefully on Friday night and just see if maybe JJ and Clowney traded typical responsibilities. That's what it looks uh, like. Clowney was a lot more aggressive than he normally is. Uh, usually he plays a little bit more, I don't want to say fundamental, but he he usually plays a little bit better contained. But he was he was aggressive and he was after it um, like somebody stole his lunch money. And JJ, on the other hand, from watching the broadcast view, it looked like for the most part, he was being a little bit more restrained, except for a couple of plays where he tried to be a little bit more aggressive than he than like he normally is, where he's usually making guesses and he just guessed badly. Well, it was also I mean, Lane Johnson truly owned him the entire game. Yeah, the, our defensive front just other than Merce, other than Clowney just looked terrible. Um, Reader had two two tackles. Reader actually was okay. Yeah, Covington two tackles, Watt three tackles, Merciless one tackle. You know, Kareem Jackson didn't show up very. He had two tackles. Joseph two tackle. Like literally, our guys that have been carrying us, just carrying the defense on their backs. You know, other than Cunningham and McKinney, who were just always out there balling, they just. Even, you know, Reed and Matthew were burned several times. It just, it, whenever Deontay Burton's in the top six on the team in tackles, I mean, come on, guys, what's going on defense? Yeah, Zach Cunningham did have a good game. He Obviously, it doesn't look like it when you watch the film because he was on both Sproles plays. Um, but just to be clear, there's not a linebacker in the league that can cover yeah. Darren Sproles. And how they don't know that that wheel route's coming is beyond... 
that's a bigger problem than yeah. Cunningham not being able to cover Darren Sproles. Um, that's one of four plays that Sproles r- runs on a regular basis. Yeah, it was uh, that 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 play was very infuriating because Justin Reed, Justin Reed had his worst game of the season. Yeah, um, I think with Justin Reed, it's a little bit of buying too much into the hype because like I was talking about earlier, they've kind of abandoned fundamentals, even on tackling or it's they're trying to be almost too hype, I guess. I, I really don't know how else to put it. They're falling into some of the same mistakes that they were making last year with uh, Vrabel, where Rack has always been real big on getting them to communicate better. And Vrabel, for as, for as bad as Vrabel did with us, he's not bad at scheming, but he was bad at teaching communication. That's really what it looked like on, on Sunday. It's like our guys just weren't in the right spots. A lot of the things that we're just where we used to be a little bit more fundamentally sound, like staying in your zone, not running over another player on your own team in your zone, for instance. We use all for most of the season, we had done such a great job. And the past couple of weeks, though, all of a sudden, it's like they just forgot how to play zone. We all knew that their Ertz was going to have a big game going in. All great tight ends do. Why did they just not have a spy assigned to him the entire freaking game? Matthew or Reed or someone who's athletic enough to at least. Because Matthew can't cover. Yeah. He can't cover. Let's let's, just, let's address true, the elephant but... in the room. He is, he, he is not good in coverage. But just the zone coverage with Ertz just doesn't make sense with to me whatsoever. Just put a guy anywhere near him most of the time, and he's, Foles is going to look the other way, but he was just wide open all game. And that's what scares me about the Chiefs the most, more than any other team, is Kelsey. Kelsey. Right? So, yeah. And even San Diego with Gates, you know, he's, he's not how he used to be, but the dude can still find a spot. Oh, well, the well, bad part about the Chargers is Hunter Henry is going to be active. <laughs> Sproles and uh, Sproles, Ertz and Goddard was pretty much the perfect trifecta to attack our our defense. We've struggled all year on covering tight ends. We've struggled historically on covering the little scat backs. And you put all three of them on the same team and they just they ate us alive. And yeah, this is one of those games that makes you just realize how big of a bust Kevin Johnson's been, right? Because this was the game. This was the type of game that you drafted him for. And this is the one area where we've just, you know, the first and second round picks that they've missed so much of, you know, they've done so well on, sorry, for the last 10 years, the first and second round picks. You know, this is the big glaring omission. This was the guy that was supposed to help in that area, you know, and it's just it's so frustrating because you can see it. It's like going in slow motion. Like, oh, crap, there's Ertz in the slot. Oh, crap, they're playing zone, deep zone. Oh, crap, it's going to be a 12-yard slant. Oh, crap, and it's just like just slow motion, man. The problem with this defense is the fact that they cannot play man at all. We are one cornerback away, a cornerback that can cover man from making our defense really exceptional. We saw what it could be when we had that with A.J. Boye. That's what they were kind of expecting Kevin Johnson to come back and be able to do. They don't. We have the parts in place where if a corner is able to just be fundamentally sound in man coverage, our defense will takes a huge jump. And right now we're missing that piece. And smart teams can take advantage of it. And there was a, a little while there where we were running against slower receivers where, where Jonathan Joseph was still able to do that. But when there's faster players out there, he can't. And then when you get players, those tweener players like the uh, the tight ends or the scatbacks, we don't have a good matchup piece for them. Matthew should be able to do it, but he's better at reading the play and jumping routes. And when he's wrong, he is wrong. And Dylan Cole, when he's healthy, he can do it, but he's still, he doesn't seem he like he's double back. I think you'll be surprised when you watch the All-22 how actually good he was in coverage. He was good in coverage, but he was terrible in the open field for closing and tackling, but he was good in coverage. I will give you that. That may be because he still has a club. Yeah, um, I, I'm ready to 
get rid of this 4-3 look and just generate some pass rush consistently. Like We haven't really ran the 4-3 all, all year. We, uh, we, we've been switching back and forth I'm to sorry. be a hybrid. We, oh, you're talking about 3-4? 3-4, I just got him back. I okay, I was like, excuse me, so sir? <laughs> Who are we talking about here? Because you're about yeah, to lose me. Forget me. Forget, forget me. I'm done. No, yeah, the, the, we have it. it. It's 70. I think it's like, I, I forgot who tweeted it out. It was like 72% of our defensive snaps have been ran out of the 4-3. And when you think about the 4-3 personnel um, that you need to run a successful 4-3, um, your outside linebackers need to be good in coverage, and they need to be good at stopping the run. Um, and then you need to have solid solid defensive linemen that are quick off the edge and we we don't we have Clowney who's quick off the edge jj's not quick off the edge and he's a traditional three four covington's a traditional three four whitney merciless is not a coverage linebacker Clowney's fast and is a freak and actually had a very great like good coverage play against sproles in the end zone in the first half but like outside of that like our our personnel is not a four three personnel and when you have the lack of corners that we have I, I don't understand why we're not putting Whitney and Clowney in three downs and rushing them because that's what's going to give us the most success and eliminate the amount of time that these quarterbacks are having to pass. Yeah, I really wish at once Rack saw that this wasn't whatever scheme they had wasn't working out, that he would have just gone the Wade Phillips way and just like, all right, we're sending the whole freaking house. If you're going to beat us, beat us, at least we can get the ball back and hopefully make a difference. But, like, but that's also the Rack way. Like it, that, it is, that's the rack was too. Yeah, but it just had like he wasn't dialing it up, I think, to eleven, right? He was dialing up to an eight or nine. And I don't know why, and I don't know why he didn't make that decision to do so. Like we've especially been, on the final drive. We've been playing hopefully we've just been playing regular season uh Belichick ball all year where your defense essentially just you're waiting out the other team to make a mistake. You just wait it out, wait it out. You're not really putting the pressure out there to to cause the mistake. You're just waiting it out. Hopefully, and also you got to kind of, here's where Rex kind of in a difficult position. He's trying to get his most talented players out on the field and he's trying to also disguise what they're doing because that's their belief, disguise what they're doing. Regardless if you agree with it or not, that is both Bill O'Brien and Romeo Canrell's baseline core belief is they don't want the other team to be able to read pre-snap what they're about to do. They've had success doing it. And that's what they're trying to do. And he's also constantly trying to to squit the or to fit these square pegs into round holes. Now it will not surprise me if we go into the playoffs and if we play the Chiefs again, if we just go all Big Ten uh, defense, where essentially you're dropping into a quarters type coverage with all of your pass rushers rushing and your one linebacker playing as a spy. I can totally see that happening because that's kind of where our personnel at this point kind of fits the best. Who knows at this point? Honestly, who knows? But do you honestly believe that? I guess is my question. Do you believe that this is just regular season football to them these last three or four weeks? And now I don't know if I believe it, but I'm hoping for it. We're trying to trying to piece together with what talent they have and why are they doing what they're trying to do? This is all we can do. Um, if we sit here and we just criticize it the whole time, this becomes a pretty boring podcast. So we've got to try and figure out what they're trying to do. No, I agree. This is what we're hoping and what we're trying to see. And that's what I'm wondering. I don't know. I think this is the right line of thinking because we just don't know what they're going to do now that he has a quarterback in the playoffs, right? The, the Bill O'Brien offense and the game plan, the offensive and defensive game plans of yesteryear and the playoffs with the Texans should be thrown out the window because we, do, we don't know what wrinkles they're going to do. We know they're going to have something up their sleeve. We know, we know that Deshaun can chunk it with the rest of them. He can have a 500-yard game if he absolutely needed to. And I think we do just kind of have to hope that they don't want to give away too much. They know 
again, they're going to be extremely conservative, extremely conservative, just getting into the playoffs. And once they're there, all bets are off. We all know that it's just who gets hot at the right time. And if they don't show their card, too many of their cards, they may have some trump cards. You know. Yeah, and we we haven't seen a desperation game yet. We haven't seen our team backed into a corner. And one of the good things about having a team with so much star power is usually those desperation games are where you see something pretty cool. But I mean, we haven't been in that situation yet. This Jaguars game might be a little bit of it, but I believe our first playoff game will definitely be it. Yeah, what are you guys expecting Sunday, Brad? Yeah, I think it's going to be a dominant. I, I, don't, I don't see how the defense doesn't show up big. I don't see how J.J. Watt, because you know he's hearing the doubters, like you like you said yourself, like how do you show up and not do anything? How do you show up on the road, be able to clinch, you know, number two playoff spot and say you're back and then not do anything? One tackle really guarded you the whole freaking game. And he's just going to feast, I think. I think the defense as a whole is going to feast, especially with Blake Bortles being announced as a, startles, a starter. I think Clowney is set for his just come out game just because he wants redemption for that. He trashed comment the offense i think is going to be more of the same i don't think they're going to do anything that's going to set deshaun up to fail and i don't think they're going to do anything to set deshaun up to get hurt and i also don't think miller is going to play I, and i just don't what's the reason of playing miller if you can beat the jags without miller i don't see miller playing unless they absolutely positively need him and they're down second half 21 nothing or something along those lines i can totally see this as being a game where we're going to throw beer at the tv screen because we're going to be frustrated with why are they playing it why are they playing it conservative? Because I think that they're honestly going to go into the game with more of the mindset of survive the game. We're pretty thin at a lot of positions now. They don't want to lose anybody else before the playoffs starts. And I think that the mindset will kind of be get into the dance. We're in the dance. So once we're in the tournament, anything crazy can happen. And we do have enough talent, if not enough depth, but we do have enough talent to actually make some noise in the playoffs. That's kind of my thinking on on Sunday's game is it's going to be frustrating. Maybe we pull off a, you know, a win by two or three. But outside of that, like I just I think this is going to be the same old game. Avoid. I think we're in the dance. I think that's enough. And uh, unless unless at halftime the Jets are up big on the Patriots for some reason, I think at that point, maybe things will change. But other than that, I'm expecting the same old old team this week. What? Why do you guys feel that way? They have nothing to lose, right? So that's why. No, but they have nothing. But they have a lot to gain, like gaining a home field advantage, gain, possibly gaining uh, a first round bye. I mean, it's a long shot to gain one, but a win definitely makes that possible. Uh, and a loss doesn't. I, I think they're probably opening up a little bit more and maybe show little wrinkles that we don't really need to. I don't think they're going to have, I don't think that we're going to have any help from the running game. And it's also, it's, I mean, it's going to be difficult for the passing game too, right? With, we just have nuke and then we have two great DBs on the other side. I, I, I don't know. I just think that, I think they open up a little, I think we're gonna have a game a lot similar to the Dolphins game. That's what, that's what I'm hoping for. At least I'll be at the game myself. So I'm hoping for the best just because I'll be there. I mean, that's what I'm hoping for. It's just not what I'm expecting. Cause like you said, who else do we have other than hop? It wouldn't surprise me if hop, he's still gimpy. They actually limit his snaps for once. Um, that might be a first time ever, but again, I think they just have that whole mindset. Just get into the playoffs and see what happens. Especially since, I mean, honestly, after the way we started this year, that's kind of all that should almost be our mindset as a fan base. It's like, hey, we're playing with house money. This year was almost a a rebuilding year. Like we were very, very close to it being a rebuilding year. And all of a sudden it's not. So, yeah, I can completely see in this as one of those Bill O'Brien. Everybody yells and complains that he's far too conservative and we're going to have to do our best to be measured next week when we do this podcast, because here's the honest truth. If we do that. 
and we get into the playoffs and we lose our first game, then I think everybody will have a valid reason to be as pissed as, as they want to be. Yeah, I think this week is, um, I just, I don't expect much at all. And if we lost, I wouldn't be surprised. And I could see a lot of the fan base basically turning into the Discord conversation, but it being a lot more of them just because of the frustrations aspect and the emotional aspect. And then I wouldn't be surprised if Bill O'Brien did something in the playoffs that turned that around and showed that, like, hey, I can do this. Like, I, I want to make it clear. I don't, I don't want another head coach. I love Bill O'Brien. I, I really do. I think he's, I, I think he's a good to almost great head coach. I think he has the potential to be a great head coach. Um, but there's just little parts of me that of him that bother me. And I don't see those things going away. It's kind of like Deshaun with holding onto the ball and extending plays. That's just part of his game. And it's just part of uh, Bill O'Brien's coaching. Like that's, we're going to have to deal with it. But I think this week, I just, something tells me that because of our injuries and because of what we're dealing with, like you're not going to roll Kiki out there on Sunday. You're not going to roll Lamar. You're not going to roll Lamar Miller out there on Sunday. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't see Jonathan Joseph out there on Sunday, just because there's a, we need to get Deshaun playoff experience, right? Like this is for me. This is what this offseason is about. It's about getting Deshaun, the, giving Deshaun the opportunity to stand on the biggest platform possible and show what he's capable of doing because that's where he shines bright. And just kind of go from there and ride it out as long as you can. Um, nobody expected to win the Super Bowl this year. I stand by my original statement from the beginning of the year. Our window creaks open a little bit this year. Next year it gets wider. It gets a lot wider because our off, our offense will actually have players of experience. Like just we got to keep in mind, like we still have a lot of growing to do. And James is right. We just get them the experience, get them in the playoffs. Yeah, and yeah. I and I think that may be one reason that they'd looked at the like the first round buy would be fantastic. But do you risk everything for the first round buy if you need that playoff experience? Like going up against you know a wild card game and a wild card team it's an extra game that people can get hurt and things like that but there's not a whole lot of ways you can get playoff experience in the, in the NFL other than playing games and if you have that you skip that first if you get that first round by that's one less playoff game I mean just think about we're we're thinking about you know Bill O'Brien's record in the playoffs right he's He's been. This will be the third year he's been to the playoffs, and this will be his third game, fourth game uh, in the playoffs that we have next week. So it's just there's not a whole lot you could go, and that's over a five year span, right? So uh, you have to think that from a player perspective, just getting that. But I don't. I don't see how the because. NRG is going to be rocking for one, just because fans are going to be tasting that playoff blood. They're going to know that they just missed it. I don't see how this is a if this is a loss. I am will be truly shocked just for that reason. I think it's just the teams are just at two completely different ends of the spectrum. I think Blake Bortles is going to show up and be Blake Bortles. You know, uh, just like we had Osweiler here for the Dolphins game. I think it's going to be very much similar. Like he has the setup to be like coming back and winning his job and doing all these things and proving the naysayer wrong and showing Clowney that he's not trash. But at, at the end of the day, he is. Blake Bortles is Blake Bortles and Clowney is Clowney and Watt is Watt. I, I just truly hope that I, I do think they're going to rest all the key players who have been injured or banged up. Um, but I think they're going to go for the win. You know, I th- again, you have to throw in the Bob McNair, you know, can we win the division in Bob McNair's year? You have to throw that whole persona into it. And I just think for pride, they're going to want to win it. And- I just wonder what's more important playoff road experience for Deshaun or playoff experience in general, because Playoff road experience is completely different than playoff experience. Playoff experience at home, you you know what you're going with, right? It's a home game. But playoff experience on the road, that's where the greats 
take that. That's where the greats continue. And that's where they make their legacies, going on the road and winning playoff games. And it's hard to do in this league. It's very hard to do in this league. So I, I just wonder, like, do they really have much to play for? A division title banner? Like, who are we, the Colts? Like, nobody cares about putting a ban- another one of those banners up there, especially with the way the season started. They, they do if it keeps it away from the Colts. And I think that's a lot more to do it than, like, we want it. No, we kept the Colts from winning another one. Uh, Maybe. Is how I would look at it. But I just don't see how the players themselves, like, you know that they had to taste the defense especially. Like, we had this young quarterback and we had a hobbled New Hopkins go out there and literally carry the team on their back. Did it by themselves, basically. Let's be honest. They literally did it by themselves down the stretch. And our star players on offense our few star players on offense and then the defense wasn't able to hold it and the defense had held it all year long that was the first time they had given up once we had gone down and scored the winning points and then you know so I don't necessarily blame the defense they had done it four or five other times stopped the final drive of the other team to clinch those one possession games but I just don't tell anybody on that defense is not going to be proud I mean just look out like Honey Badger he went a little crazy on Twitter but you just see the passion you see what they think uh, is anybody else annoyed by that by the, the Honey Badger on Twitter because I can tell you, I am. I think he is who he is, right? He's Baker Mayfield's the same way, right? He He's is Baker Mayfield. He is. He's yeah, Baker he, Mayfield at the safety position. Yeah, and he is who he is. But that's what also makes him great. So that you have to take, you have to take the sugar with the salt. Uh, Baker Mayfield is the honey badger at the quarterback position. That's yeah, true. I mean, I, that's true. Let me ask you guys. Give this, the man his due. And no, I'm not annoyed with it. It's. I'm actually happy that we actually have some personality coming out of our team for once. Me too. Do you think that signing the Honey Badger long term is still a uh, a must? Yeah, hopefully just for a little bit smaller of a contract than we were looking at a couple of weeks ago. But I'd like to keep him around. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so too. Just because, if for another reason, then our other other young safeties can learn from him. But I do believe that it's going to come a little cheaper now. Uh, Would you rather true. have him as your starting safety opposite Justin Reed or just Kareem Jackson full time at safety? Like if we asked you this question four weeks ago, it would have been Honey Badger, right? But then given the play of the Honey Badger over the last four weeks, who would you rather give that safety contract to? Honestly, right now, to tell you the truth, it's like I put Kareem out there starting and put the other two on a rotation. Um, uh, that's kind of my point. Yeah, Reed has kind of taken a step back and he's not he's not playing as fundamentally sound. He may need to kind of chill out a little bit. And Tyron, I mean, he's a playmaker, but he's also been exposed at times and right now i think he has he's leading the team in percentage of snaps played he may just be tiring out because this would be two years in a row last year he led the cardinals and percentage of snaps played so yeah. uh, truthfully i think that's what they should be doing now they should just be rotating those three guys in well we can't because cream's got to play corner now full-time but is it cream a corner any better than yes off the street uh, yeah it, yes if that means he's not, but if these if i don't know man I just, unfortunately he's, yes <laughs> like, he's still a phenomenal tackler he right will continue to struggle in coverage but, but if they catch the ball in front tackles, of tackle. he's not getting those tackles at corner like he only had two tackles last week like yeah but the week prior didn't he lead the team in tackles i think he did uh, I, I guess the reason why I'm asking is, is because if we have to sign one and we knew that Kareem was playing safety full time and that was his position. Now, I feel like I'd rather have Kareem Jackson than Honey Badger playing safety full time. I mean, let's be honest. I, I don't want to. That's a good problem to have. Yeah, but I don't even want to think about signing either one of them until we get the cornerback position done, whether that's Patrick Peterson, whether that's oh, let's the, do the draft. If we can't get a big name, you know, free agent and or try, sign a trade or something along those lines, then it doesn't really matter. Because we're going to be in the same, the same conversation next year <laughs> at the same time. We need a corner that can cover. You know, it's been what's hurt this team for four years now. Not Would you guys be surprised if the team drafted uh, four offensive linemen and four corners next year? I'd be completely content <laughs> with that. 
we John? would need to pick a running back somewhere with that. <laughs> True. True. Yeah, we would have to because Lamar Miller's gone. He's not getting paid $7 million next year. Really? You don't think they would pay him? No. Well, I mean, look at our options, right? Blue, Foreman. And then a third round back. I, I think he gets paid next year. I think he does. I'd rather pay uh, Le'Veon Bell $9 million a year. I, yeah, I don't disagree at all with that. What about uh, Tevin Coleman? He's one of the names that I've seen uh, projected to us. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I I don't know. I haven't watched enough Falcons games to say Tevin Coleman is a solid back for me. Uh, He looks like more of a pass catcher to me, but I I can't. I honestly couldn't tell you. He's he's a bigger pass catcher. I mean, if all things are being even, even, there we go. I would if we're paying either Tevin Coleman or Lamar Miller four and a half million, I'd rather pay Tevin Coleman. I think that Lamar Miller comes back just at a much cheaper contract than he is currently playing for. Well, we can get it more into that with uh, with Texans cap tomorrow night. All right, where else? what else do you guys want to cover? Is there anything else about the game that you guys want to talk about? Just looking over the stats and everything, seeing if everything we haven't covered. Um, you know, no. again, the defense as a whole is just down. Other than it's just a terrible, terrible game on the defensive side. Yeah, no, I mean, the team, the game itself is just awful. The ref, can we get to the refs? The refs were awful. Can we get to the fact sides. that it's just, it's getting worse and worse every week with the refs? Yeah, that's a big problem. John, they got to take your idea and just hire full-time employees. The, you know... I, like I've been saying, we need a developmental league, not just for players, but for the refs. They're just inconsistent as fuck. I mean, they're and it's it's that's what is actually going to kill the game. I'm in agreement with um, I, who was it that said that that they like the controversy. I'm trying to think of the guy who said it the other day on their po- on their podcast. But the NFL likes the controversy. They likes people talking. But I think at some point that it's going to swing too far where yep. it's really beginning to degrade the entertainment on, on the field. And if, right now it's getting dangerously close. Like I get you want to protect the quarterbacks. It's just frustrating to watch right now because you like, think if you're going to call that play on Clowney and not call the face mask where he basically broke Nick Foles' neck, like, I, and I get it, like, right, like it's a missed call, whatever, but like that was about as blatant of a call as you could like possibly get. But let's be honest, the refs actually handed the Texans the playoffs, right? Because they screwed the Steelers, like they literally screwed a team out of a potential playoff spot, and nobody's really. It's kind of like flown under the radar everywhere except Pittsburgh. It's like at what point is this? going to like become a huge deal like I, I watch soccer so I'm an English Premier fan Chelsea fan go blue they won today but so they have what they call VAR or video assistant referee where they literally can review calls not just not just whether something was missed or not but whether the call was made right or correctly whether it was an offsides whether it was an out of bounds whether it was a whatever and I think they have to get to that point where they need to be able to review not just whether they missed it or got or, or called it but whether they got it right or wrong to me there's just too many times where you can't challenge that whether it's a dead ball you know they blew the whistle inadvertently or something along those lines and the, the to me the easiest way to fix it is to basically you can review anything within the game keep the review hey, challenges just you can review anything real quick how shitty is it that i literally almost grabbed nelson aguilar on saturday night in my fantasy league because i just knew that he was going to catch some massive bomb for a touchdown like think about that i'm a fan i i, I host a podcast and i maybe i'm more of an average fan or more than an average fan but i literally considered starting Nelson Aguilar because I knew how bad our secondary was and our coverage would be that there would be a bomb touchdown to Nelson Aguilar, the fastest guy on the freaking Eagles. I about did the same thing, but I had too much depth at receiver. If, I mean, uh, if I was actually watching for Hopkins to, to get a little, little O and then I would have done it. See, I guess that's like, if I can see that, how do you not 
prepare for that. And all right, what is there anything else on the game? Uh, can you they guys truly prepare for that though? Can we could we prepare for, for speed? Yes, we, yes, you can. There's there's coverages that specifically are designed to take that out of their game. So single high safety, or, single high safeties, but. Doubles they, like that opens up the running game, right? And then that. But I mean, which would you rather have a seven yard run or an eighty five yard bomb? One's death by a thousand cuts. One's. <laughs> I'll take death by a thousand cuts, especially when it comes to that. Like when it comes to when that play happened. Well, both of the D plays were just. That's what I'm saying. Like that Alshon Jeffrey, that Alshon Jeffrey play. Justin Reed again wants to go for the knockout punch instead of just tackling, or else that would have only been a fifteen yard gain. The Darren Sproles like. Why are you trying to strip the ball at that point? He's five yards away from the goal line. Like, take him down. There's no reason. Like, take him down and try to strip it. Don't don't just try to strip the ball right there. Live to fight another down. It really was the. I tweeted this out. This is this was the poorest tackling game that the Texans have ever played. It, I mean, ever played since the inception of the team. It was awful. I won't go that it's, crazy. Just oh no, from a tackling perspective, Brad. If once you watch the tape, it is. The worst. So many missed tackles out there. Whether it be because of injury or whatever, like DeAndre Burton hasn't played and things like that, I totally get it. Tackling was atrocious. Oh, it was. It's just, I remember the early days of the Texans. <laughs> but it's definitely the worst rack game for sure. Not even close. Like, there's nothing even in the same ballpark. Because it's like you said, they were making stupid mistakes. They were going for the strip and not for the tackle. Or they would go for the tackle and they'd come and they push the guy an extra six or seven yards. And I'm like, oh, it's, that just drives me insane. And I mean, we're also comparing it to earlier in this year where there was points where we were the best tackling yep. team. Exactly. Texans history. And now all of a sudden we've completely forgotten how to do so. That's the frustrating part, right? Like that's the part where I'm like, okay, how 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 do you from week to week forget to just how to tackle? I don't know, whatever. All right. Uh, while Brad looks up the questions for our favorite segment of the of the podcasts, questions with Brad. Make sure that you guys go to the patron page and uh, and subscribe to the patron as we will be we're one week away from playoff starting and you guys will get an additional playoff podcast specific to the. Um, Texans playoff matchup and then we'll also do one for uh, the to recap the playoff game so uh, keep that in mind make sure you guys are a patron uh, so you guys can get those bonus episodes um, it, it's much appreciated we put all of that towards our podcast to upgrade certain things like what we're doing now so um, and with that Brad give me a head nod if you're ready and Brad is ready and here we are with questions with Brad alright guys we have a bunch of different questions we got some from Twitter and the, the Discord channel Um just for the everybody's first time listeners maybe don't know, we do take questions for the podcast from our listeners on Twitter at Houston FB Pod or in our Discord channel. If you go to TexasUnfiltered.com, hit the Discord button at the top menu and you should be able to grab into them. I'm sorry I, I didn't jot down everybody's names, but we had a lot of different questions, so you'll know who you were, and I thank you for that. Um, so the first one is, who do you guys think plays opposite Hopkins? Vincent Smith. Vincent Smith. All right, Vincent Smith. Uh, what would you think about playing Kuti uh, opposite him and keeping Carter in the slot or no. vice versa? Maybe in the playoffs, the uh, the guy that they actually just signed, uh, Mitchell Jr., he's actually a slot receiver. So it might happen, but not, not against the Jags. Would John Ross make a good counterpart to Hopkins? I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I would like to see John Ross. I, John Ross. I actually liked him in the draft. I, th- I, I think he's a phenomenal talent. I, I think if he's utilized properly, he could be more of a Tyree kill than how they're using him in Cincinnati. But 
Um, I, I think John Ross is a phenomenal talent and is just a part of a dysfunctional franchise. John? I mean, he's another guy that, I mean, he's he's got speed, but he can't stay healthy. It would depend on the cost. Again, if he was a free agent and we could go out and just sign him for pretty much for minimum cost, then yeah. But I mean, at this point, you'd have to trade a decent draft pick. And I just don't know if he's worth worth the cost for a could have maybe be something. He hasn't really shown much as is. I mean, hell, they thought about moving him over to cornerback. And uh, as far as the news today, what, what are your thoughts on our two uh, free agent pickups? And what do you think about Merciless being in coverage? Uh-huh. I think we answered the, or at least I think I answered the Whitney and coverage. I'll let John address that as well. But um, I think it's dumb uh, as that's not what he's meant to do and or built to do, nor has he done most of his career. So I think if you were asked to write left-handed tomorrow, it probably wouldn't work out so well if you're right-handed. So I don't really see why you would make that switch now, but I'm not rack. So I don't know. Um, the wide receiver that we signed Mitchell, uh, seems like yeah he blew out to his knee twice in college i i honestly don't know enough about him tyrell adams on the other hand i, I like that i think i think i i liked him before i didn't want to let him go uh i believe he had a blocked field goal in one of our games um, was a blocked punt or blocked or, field goal one of those it was one of those yeah. um and then scarlet got the recovery yeah so I, I i like tyrell adams i think getting him some more snaps and seeing what he has to add to this uh linebacker depth in the future i think would be a, a good move yeah uh as for merciless and coverage i mean i again i've stated why i understand they do it i wish they would just you know rotate the pass rushers and then bring them all in towards the end of the game or in key spots but again i'm i'm not a coach i get it i don't agree with it i think that it would be more efficient and more fun as a fan for us to just, you know, essentially let the dogs out. Uh, Merciless is a pass rusher. I think one of the things with uh, with Clowney that part of the people reason people get so upset with him is you think of him as just a pass rusher when he's not, whereas Merciless really is an edge player. He should be setting the edge and he should be rushing the passer. Rushing, rushing the passer. I love That's it when you it. jumble your words together. You know? It makes me all hot and bothered. Oh, it, it should. I mean, it happens a lot. <laughs> it does. You haven't, you haven't gotten rid of me yet. And I, I never will. And then, as for the pickups, my understanding about Mitchell Jr. is he actually would have probably been a mid round pick if he had two healthy knees. He can't stay healthy. Of course, if you're being picked up as a free agent at this time of year, you're going to have some sort of wart. That's his. He can't stay healthy. But if he we get a couple of decent games out of him that'd be awesome if not that's actually high expectations we probably won't see much of him what else what what else am i forgetting tyrell adams tyrell adams yeah i'm excited to have him back yeah he's right. made a play this year yeah hey so, do you guys did you guys notice that duke etchaford lined up as a defensive ender in the game i did notice that i didn't see how many times it happened during the game i didn't notice until i watched the all 22 film yeah it's and so I guess that kind of gets us to the next segue question. What adjustments would you make if you were Rack on the scheme or personnel wise for the defense uh, to get more better performance out of this defense down the stretch? I would switch back to our base three, four, and I would pin our ears back and just let our pass rushers generate as much pass rush as possible. Let our corners play soft zone as they've been playing anyways, and just hope for the best at this point, because I feel like with our personnel and who we have on this team, that's what we're built to do. And if we continue to try to do all these different things all the time, dropping our defensive linemen and our defensive tackles into coverage, I I just I don't think that we're doing ourselves. We're doing ourselves a disservice based on the talent and what these players are good at doing. I would just. Again, the reason we drop linemen back is it's a conservative way of blitzing. You're still you're blitzing, but not really because it's it's you're still, freeing up another player to rush the passer. 
Right. You're you're dropping a a defensive tackle into coverage so a linebacker can go get a, get the passer. I would if I was defensive coordinator, I would play to our strength. We kind of have a mismatch roster because we do have a couple of guys in certain positions that are really good. So I would just rotate them. I mean, I think Rex trying to keep them all on the field at the same time. Like I said, just a couple of minutes ago, I'd just rotate them, keep them fresh, let them go after the passer full time, burn themselves out. Given, you know what Deshaun has showed us so far with his up-tempo play style and basically just gunslinging, do you think they should, or do you think they should or may eventually go to more Peyton Manning style offense where he's just kind of, he's already kind of given sent concepts and then play calls the play from there and makes adjustments. But you think they just do that more like Peyton Manning, just more free-flowing, faster. Uh, like I said, we see he seems to thrive in that, but do you think that may be where they end up down the stretch? When they have an offensive line, that'll be what our offense looks like, but looks like, but I think right now, Given our weakness, our biggest weakness on offense is our offensive line. I, th- I think they're doing what they can, and when they have to open it up, they they do, and they've been successful at it you know, at times. But outside of that, I don't expect to see any different offense when the playoffs come. Yeah, and I, I think that right now you're seeing the continued growth of Deshaun. I think they're already doing that to an extent. I don't know how much freedom he has at the line, but he does have quite a bit. Well, Bill said today he has all the freedom in the world. Then there you go. Then they're already doing it. He's just got to get better at it and get quicker at it, and they'll get more plays for him. Yeah, it seems like he's already – there has been a, a progress, right? He was taking a lot more unneeded hits and holding on the ball and making bad calls, bad reads worse. And it has been some progress. It hasn't been, I think, at the speed we all wanted to be with him. Um, but uh, over the year, I think it's gone gone pretty darn well. So that enters in our next question. If Deshaun plays at the, his current level and or a little bit higher for the remainder of his career, will we be a contender each year? Yes. Uh, without a doubt doesn't matter what's going on with this team Deshaun's too talented to never not be in it and I I think that'll be the case with this team I mean I think it could be worst case scenarios similar to the uh, the Packers where you're always at least 500 and you should always be competing for a division title but you know there's going to be some bad years I'm sure because hopefully he's playing for us for the next 20 years yeah, and I think that's just the the game going forward. As we know, is that's more up tempo, more gunslinging. I think, it, and we've just really hit. For me, that's the guy just doesn't get rattled, and that's just I just I think this team is never going to be out. Like you said, I think they they came out with a stat this week that he's never lost a game by more than two two scores, more than a one score, oh, since his like sophomore year of high school or something along those lines. And like that makes sense. He's always. Keep him in striking distance. Like even whenever it doesn't look like it's a close game, he ends up making it look like a close game. Okay, so we do have some uh, draft draft questions uh, to to end this out, um, and or roster questions. So, do you see Kendall Lamb and uh, Davenport starting for the Texans next season? I actually see Central Henderson being brought back and given another shot to be our starting tackle opposite of Davenport. Unless we draft another tackle that just ends up blowing the lid off in training camp and OTAs and takes Davenport's spot. But given the way that the free agent market is with tackles, uh, you tend to overpay and not get peak performance, i.e. what's his name in um, New York? Why can't I think of his name? Not not Sebastian Palmer. Yeah, Nate Soldier. I think Central Henderson will come back. Uh, he'll be healed. Uh, he looked good the first game, and we'll just kind of go from there. I think next year will be kind of telling. It usually takes about three years for a tackle to develop. Um, I think at Kendall Lamb has kind of shown at best he's a swing tackle. So 
it depends on Davenport if he's able to make the uh, the step. I guess the next step. Um, I think at worst Davenport is a swing swing tackle. At best, he's he's a solid bookend. Lamb at best is a swing tackle. He probably really shouldn't have been starting the entire year, but it's kind of what we're stuck with. So it'll most likely be Davenport that we keep, but we'll see. And it also kind of depends on what's out there. I mean, we sit there and we make these shopping lists every year. It's like, we got to go find these guys at the same time. What's out there. Yeah. And so that kind of gets to this next uh, couple of folks had similar questions. What would you say is our priority going into the draft? And even if we do have a priority set, do they always just take best available, especially top three rounds? I think the best player best player available is kind of what we do, but I expect that to change a little bit this year. Um, well, I, I think we'll take a running back at some point, whether it be second, third, or fourth, and then it would be a heavy secondary, heavy offensive line. That that offensive line has to be, as much as I want corners, the offensive line is going to be one of the biggest parts because we have to protect our investment in our quarterback, and I think they all know that. So I would expect to see more def- offensive linemen drafted than any other position that we've drafted, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's some crazy record set by the amount of offensive linemen that we draft. I okay. think, well, Brian Gain is our, oh, Brian Gaines already said their, their philosophy on dra- drafting is best player available, but they wait what their best fl- player available is there's certain traits that they're looking for like length or um intelligence or whatever it is they they actually have it weighted so even if they if they need a certain position they put certain traits into that if they see a player that pops up on their draft board with those traits they may rank him a little bit higher than another player that they think may end up being a better player because they believe that player is going to be a better fit so that's something that Gaines talked about in his and his podcast. And so we'll see. I mean, I don't know if we're going to see a record number of offensive linemen because I don't think there is a record number of offensive line out there to be picked. Um, it's the same struggle year in, year out. They don't play the same type of football in the college anymore as they do in the NFL. So it's very hard to find a tackle. And you don't really know which guys will project to be good ones. However, I do foresee us having some sort of mix, the same as I said last year, of tackle, running back, and cornerback. Those are our three priorities. And hopefully... We'll get a good one out of that and hopefully not a running back in the first round because I always hate it when they do that shit. Well, and you have to think we're going to be picking mid to late rounds, right, for the first round. So you're really going to get a lot of uh, talent out of that position and a skills position player uh, with the exception of, uh, you know, if for some reason they could get, uh, you know, offensive lineman Greg Little to fall or DeAndre Baker defensive back to fall in the first round. Uh, who would you rather have over those two? John, I'll let you take that one. Honestly, I have no idea at this point. To tell you the truth, I honestly I don't know. It's analysis yet. the uh, it's too early to really get into draft season. We don't have all their measurements. All we have is game tape. To tell you the truth, this year I've watched more Texans games than anything else. I haven't watched as much college football as I typically do. So at this point, I I honestly have no idea. Yeah, I think it's safe to say, guys, uh, listener, to this point, you know, we know we have our glaring. Our, our glaring needs a cornerback offensive line um, maybe even running back and wide receiver and the team's going to do whatever they think's best at those positions I think uh, there obviously is the, the case for free agency and or um, trades and offseason moves and so we'll get to that uh, after the season I think for, for now we're just going to focus on where we go from here and we've kind of touched on our predictions for the game this week but I, I, I personally I think to figure this off we can talk about our predictions for this week I think this is going to be closer to a Dolphins game then it will a uh, then it will a Colts game last Colts game. Um, hoping that the team uh, finishes strong, especially the defense comes back, and then they just 
tear Bortles a new a-hole. And I'm hoping we clinch the division from the home crowd and we get a home playoff game so I can go to it. I think that we will have a game very similar to the Broncos game. And we'll either win on a missed kick or we'll lose on a missed kick. Man, what a difference a week makes, right? That defense gives me no that different that defense gives me no reason to think that if they didn't come out to play for a bye, I don't know why they would come out to play for a, a AFC South but championship. They were playing against the world champions, right? And they the world champions that have been awful most of the season. Well, now that I they, mean, granted, the Eagles have, the Eagles have been awful because of injuries, but at this point. I'm kind of with you with what we said earlier, and it actually wouldn't surprise me if this is the first time that uh, Deshaun loses by more than a score. Like, he loses by, like, 10 points, something just stupid, um, because everybody's talked about, oh, I've, he's never lost by more than a one score before, so now now it's all jinxed. I think that this is one of those games where I think they'll start pulling starters if it looks like it's going to get away from us, because they don't want to risk anything more. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I really hope that Brad's right. Of, of the three of us, but it's just this feeling that I have that we've played defense conservatively for most of the year. We've played offense conservatively for most of the year. We've managed the roster conservatively for most of the year. So why don't we end out, out off the, uh, the season just managing the entire game off- offensively, defensively, substitutions, all of it as conservative as possible to just get into the playoffs. And I hope you're wrong, <clears throat> and I hope I'm wrong because I'd like to go to that playoff game. But it's just really strange, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, we were saying I would ride this defense anywhere. And I, I think this is more about I really hope that the Eagles game was more of an aberration and that they just didn't show up. They got too big in their heads. And it's because they let's be honest, they did get three turnovers. Right. And the offense didn't capitalize on those three turnovers as much as they should. The defense did. They score on two of those three turnovers, not touchdowns. Uh, I know the first one was. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, it was inside the five. Right. So I just. I think both sides of the ball just struggled, and that's just all it really came down to. And they also struggled against the Colts. Yeah, yeah. It, that's thing is we don't know who we've got, right? We don't know who's and the Browns. We don't yeah. know who we're going to show up. Yeah. Still. All right. What else? Uh, what else we got, guys? Is that is that pretty much it? Is that putting a bow on it, as they would say? I, I got nothing else. Jonathan. I will Jonathan be already game. signed off. Yeah, I will be at the game and dropping updates to the Discord channel for anybody who wants it. I'll Sweet. Be cr- crying into a beer or <laughs> or celebrating. I am going to be praying very heartily, very, very hard for a, uh, a win against the Jaguars because I have to go to Frisco for the uh, North Dakota State's like one billionth division who gives a fuck uh, championship. <laughs> um, they, they tend to win it every year. So at this point, does it really count? And if it's that Saturday game, playoff game, it's really, really hard to do both. Well, it's going to be a Saturday playoff game no matter who we play, and it's going to be the first one on TV because nobody's interested in us. Deshaun might change that, but we pretty much always play Saturday day games. Please, no. I mean, I've had to run from that stadium to a sports bar before. I'd rather not do it again. Well, just make sure you're wearing your new J.J. Watt uh, Army Edition Reeboks that uh, you got for Christmas from your, uh, you know, closest friend. John's not going to say anything. Fantastic. We're going to go to dead silence again. Well, with that no, being my, said. I lost my mute button. I lost my mute button. Wait, wait, no, no, no. Too late. Just, We're already hey, past man, the moment. Hey, those, I, I was talking with my wife. I'm not sure when I'm going to open those. I just may let them sit for a minute. I mean, they smell good. They're, they're a nice looking right shoe. They're, they're a nice looking shoe. 
Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the JJ Watt shoes, but I when I looked at these, I thought they were nice. I wouldn't wear them, but they're 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 definitely nice. I have a I don't like I can't wear Reeboks. I'm I'm a I'm checks for life, as uh, Drake would say. So they are honestly the best workout shoes I've ever had. That makes sense. That makes sense. They really are. Um, But these ones actually look pretty good too. So haven't quite figured out if I'm going to work out in them or do something else with them. Fantastic. Well, all right, the podcast is over. We are drowning in our sorrows from the Eagles victory or yeah, the Eagles victory and our loss. Brad is wide open and says that this team isn't the team that we saw on Sunday. And I hope you're right, Brad. John is kind of on the fence and I'm just, I don't see a reason to believe this team's going to be any better until Bill O'Brien unleashes the beast for a full four quarters. Hey man, this is about as negative as I get. So I will say this though. Clowney is going against flowers on Sunday. So with that being said, Clowney could single-handedly win us this game because that is the worst tackle. Like we think our tackles are bad and, and they are flowers is awful. So money might be playing with a little bit of extra heat after the uh, after this past game too. Because uh, yeah, I, I think that call, nationally, that that call is just going to haunt him. And he, I mean, he tried to rip Nick Foles' head off. He he already we already know what he thinks about Bortles and the trash cans. So that may be worth the price of admission in and in of itself. Well, we'll find out Sunday. Uh, all right, guys, you can fi- follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter at Houston FB pod. You can follow us on patron.com. Just go to www.patron.com. And in the search bar, type in Texans unfiltered. Uh, you can go to our website, which we love. John posted this beautiful article on, uh, on Deshaun Watson. Uh, very good read. Uh, I think he's working on a clowny piece. I'm going to keep saying that on, uh, on the podcast. So that way he eventually has to put something out on clowny. Uh, and you can find us on every podcast platform known to man literally and make sure you guys subscribe please okay because it, it, it's something that we need from you okay and tell two friends tell two friends this week about us because you might as well right what else are you doing all right uh we won't hear from you till next year wow wow no yeah next year texans unfiltered season three with that being said happy new year's guys uh and have a great day and week and i will talk to you guys next week signing off for texans trying to get your attention with something Brad is trying to get my attention. Brad, what attention? You, you got my attention. I'm looking right at the screen. I don't think so. All right, guys. Don't forget you can call and give us your, your hot takes. Ah. That's 281-845-9675. You too can be John on a mobile. Which, by the way, John on the mobile sounds like a really smart guy. I just want to throw it out there. Like, if I could have a beer with anybody in the world, it would have probably been John on a mobile because... I mean, I'm pretty sure you've had a beer with him a time or two. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I have. I mean, you know, everybody's got alter egos. So, all right, that's it. Texans Unfiltered. Call the voicemail, especially after we lose to the Jags, so you can uh, talk to Brad. He, It's a very nice opening voicemail, very happy, very bubbly. You won't be so bubbly once that that beep hits you. Uh, we'll catch you guys next year. Texans Unfiltered, Young Ari Gold, signing off. What's up, guys? Brad Grew here. Just wanting to say we forgot to mention, please head to our website, TexansUnfiltered.com. Check out the Discord button right there at the top and join our Discord channel and our Discord server and get involved in our real-time Texas chat. Also, 
please check out twitter.com slash houstonfbpod, facebook.com slash texansunfiltered, instagram.com slash houstonfbpod. And please get involved with all of our social networks, including backing us on Patreon, patreon.com slash texansunfiltered. Again, texansunfiltered.com. Click that Discord button. Get involved in our Discord chat. We look forward to seeing you there. Thank you. We still got it done, man. When they said the clock was winding down and it wasn't enough time to get it done, we still got it done, man. Now it's our time to shine. It's our time to keep it 100. So we gonna go out here and show them how trill we are, baby. So you better get out the way because we coming for it. It's all for one and it's one for all. Let's go. The time that we all been waiting on The moment all the naysayers been hating on See, they've been talking down on us and flexing It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up But not the boys on Kirby so you can pack it up Reliant Stadium is where you can find us With the whole city of Houston, Texas standing behind us See, we've been waiting on this one for 10 years Sacrificing our bodies with blood, sweat, and tears but now we're focused and we're showing no fear. When we blast through the tunnel, you hear the crowd cheer. Deep steel, blue, rowdy red, all the liberty white. We can't dress up and ready to fight. We are the mighty Houston, Texas, and we don't play. So now I guess it's only one thing to say, baby. Hey, One second, I say bulls on parade. Got a mean D, and they on the hunt. Opponents three and out. Now they got a butt. Applying pressure, applying pressure. You gotta watch. Hands going up. Another pass block. Every play, every second, full speed. You can't just talk about it. Yo, you gotta believe. It's gotta run through your veins. Gotta bleed this. You can't just want it right now. You gotta need this. Everybody counting on you. Gotta make a play. I got your back and you.